See if I can remember how to do this. <clears throat> All right, creatures of the night, welcome back to Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of Altizam, The Undertaker. Woo! Feels good to say that again. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And of course, I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night. He is the charismatic enigma himself. 
We are reunited, and it feels so good, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, we got that twin magic going on here with our... Not even planned. (laughs) (laughs) Our Undertaker shirts, courtesy of Mike Pru from the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast, uh, our buddy over there. We thank you for these gifts. But Travis, oh yeah, man, we have risen from the dead, much like the dead man himself. We are resurrecting Talking Taker, like a classic wrestling retirement. It's lasted a couple of months here, but we are <laughs> back, my friend. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm great, man. I feel like Terry Funk, man, just coming out of retirement a couple weeks later. <laughs> so, no, I'm good, man. Good. Life has been very busy uh feel like busier since we got done with the podcast than than before so i'm glad we could dust off the old headphones and do this once again so surprise <laughs> that's oh, right we should, come back. we should come back with rolling well we're talking about the biker taker area we we're are. talking about big evil we're talking about the american badass tonight uh as you've seen in your podcast feed as we've surprised you we are back um tweaked it a little bit we're, we're going to be back periodically for for some special editions of the podcast we'll talk about that here in just a moment what our plans are for talking taker but much like the undertaker himself much like the last ride series you know we just can't get enough well uh, we, we 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 had that high we had that perfect we, we, we keep chasing that perfect moment that perfect ending we want to keep coming back for more and that's the beauty of doing this podcast is that we can do that the undertaker's career is so legendary so in-depth that we can keep coming back for more we can keep analyzing and digging into different angles and you know more than anything travis and i we miss talking to each other and we miss talking to all you our creatures of the night out there so we wanted to uh we've been talking over the past few weeks about ways to Keep the podcast alive, keep it living and breathing, uh, despite the fact that we've done literally every Undertaker pay-per-view match in yeah. his entire career. <laughs> what else can we do? Well, we've been brainstorming it, and we got some ideas here. Uh, so, man, uh, it, it just feels good to be back. Oh, yeah, it's good to be back. And, yeah, I'll be completely honest. Like, I just don't know how we would have – because we talked, you know, in the last episode about coming up with something new and – what we could do. We have some ideas still in our brains about different, you know, the un untaker related stuff. But uh, like I said, life's been busy. I know I don't have the time to invest like I did for Tuck and Taker. Uh, my life somehow gotten busier since we finished the podcast, just with kids and stuff. So, um, yeah, and my wife's job being full time now, so it's just been crazy. But uh, this is something we can go back to, and it's something easy and comfortable and good and fun. And there's so much more meat on the bone. Again, like you said, we've accomplished the Undertaker pay-per-views but there's so many iconic matches moments uh just other things in his legendary career because i was telling my wife the other day we're gonna do this she's like aren't y'all done though with his matches i'm like yeah we're done with that story but like there's so many things that like fans asked us to do that like because we were sticking to our guns we couldn't do well now you know it's like we're on an unsigned record label all of a sudden (laughs) you know like you you get your freedom you're not bound by the contract uh, of the of the record labels, so you can just do your indie stuff. So here we are, man, indie darlings. As the uh, the shirt says, I don't know if you, we can read it here, but uh, the phenom never dies. That's right. And uh, hopefully this this podcast never dies either. And that's our whole idea here. So 
Our plan right now, uh, Travis and I, for, for the immediate uh, future, for the indefinite future, is we want to come back to you once a month. So uh, we, we used to do it every Friday. So every single week we dropped a new episode for, uh, about, uh, for about three and a half years going through every pay-per-view yeah. match in The Undertaker's <laughs> career. Uh, but uh, for the time being, we're going to come at you once a month. Uh, probably, uh, so this one's dropping on July 1st, so probably around uh, the end of the month or, or, or the, uh, the first of the month every month. Uh, sometime around then, once a month, we're going to come back to you. Or we might time it, uh, particularly on particular anniversaries. Sure. Uh, so something like that. Uh, but every month, you should be looking out for a new special edition of Talking Taker uh, from us, analyzing different aspects of Undertaker's career. So um, today, for example, we're going to be doing a watch-along episode. Uh, so we'll definitely be doing some of those as we get on the road. Uh, there may be some other topics of conversation that we might look at. We might uh, have some interviews with some special guests that we might bring on the show. Uh, we might debate, you know, uh, things like Undertaker's greatest opponents, try to pick our top 10 greatest Undertaker rivalries or things like that, or favorite casket matches. I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the floor is wide open now that we've expanded beyond our pay-per-view concept, and we're open to ideas uh, we'd love to hear from you, Creatures of the Night, different things we could talk about, uh, different, you know, we, we could review DVDs or, or VHSs, the different aspects of the Undertaker's career, who knows. Uh, again, like I said, it's wide open. Uh, we're open to suggestions and matches to watch along and do commentary for. Uh, but just the fact that we were talking about this, talking about coming back and trying to do something on a semi-regular basis and you brought it up. You suggested it, Travis. The timing was so perfect because it's one of the matches that we have been requested to go yeah. in-depth on since August of 2017, since we launched the podcast, <laughs> was this one right here. And it just happened to fit with the anniversary of it on July 1st here. It is The Undertaker in arguably his greatest non-pay-per-view match of all time against Jeff Hardy on Raw from 2002 in a ladder match, man. How about it? Oh, how about it indeed. And I just, I mean, I remember, I remember being home and watching this, you know, at the time. It's just crazy. 19 years ago, remembering exactly where I was watching this match and the emotions and the feeling I got watching this match that night, and I can still relive it. Can't tell you what I ate for breakfast last week, but I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was feeling watching this match 19 years ago. As a wow, golly, what were we sixteen? So it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and an all time classic. Uh, we're gonna get in depth on it. Uh, we're gonna do our signature running commentary, watch along commentary here, and talk about our feelings of it, our memories of it. Uh, look back on it. Of course, we did cover it uh, back on the podcast, yeah. but not in that same in-depth fashion uh, that we did for the pay-per-view matches. Uh, it was actually episode eighty-nine of our podcast where we originally talked about it. The Vengeance 2002 episode. Uh, so great match. Another great match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're going to uh, give you a little bit of a recap of what was going on in the Undertaker's career a little bit later on. So, so we'll set the stage, set the context for it. But that's a little bit of the idea of what we're going to do here uh, once a month. But also, you know, another reason why we wanted to do this is because, like we said, the Phenom never dies. The Undertaker character may have been retired at Survivor Series 2020. But, you know, Mark Calloway, he, he still lives on. His presence 
still lives on. He still makes news uh, every every month or so. You know, he's still doing yeah. interviews. He still comes up in other people's interviews. There's still great Undertaker content for us to talk about. So we wanted to be able to talk about that here on our podcast. So uh, I think what we'll do every month, uh, instead of diving right into the match, is just bring up any you know, current events or, or any Taker news, uh, raise the dead a little bit for, for the mm. dead man here uh, here on the show as we start things out. Uh, of course, we last left you guys with our special Raisin Cane edition of the podcast, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a gateway into what we'll be doing now, these special edition episodes. You know, we could cover some Cane yeah, matches. We're never going into straight all Cane stuff. No. Like, that's not happening because there's too much... Of the same. There's too much crossover, but I'm too open. Much, yeah, I, oh, I would do yeah. a, a a couple of cane matches if some oh, people yeah, want yeah. that. I just don't want people to think that we're gonna go and straight do raising cane and do all of it from yeah. day one because that's not happening because no. there's just too much redundancy. Well, so. we'll leave that to someone else to to all the Canaanites out there. Yeah, but um, exactly, uh, you know, so, some uh, I, I would say the biggest Undertaker. Uh, news stories uh clickbait type stuff uh of the past few weeks has come out of the wwe network broken skull sessions featuring friend of the podcast former guest of the podcast uh the good father aka the godfather uh charles wright on the wwe network so much taker talk in there he did he inducted you inducted you in to the yeah. right to censor yeah. uh historic classic moment one of the highlights <laughs> of this entire of my life. podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah no not on the broken skull session but if you guys haven't seen that go back to our social media and you can see him inducted me into the right to censor hall of fame or right to censor rather but yeah broken skull sessions always good i mean i could watch that show I wish it were nightly. I mean, it was. It's. I wish he had his own talk show at night, like Conan O'Brien, or you know, like it was just yeah, like absolutely you know, Johnny Carson, but it's Steve Austin, so it'd be great. But anyway, like I could watch those so much. We get so much Taker talk on the one with uh with old Bear, with old Goodfather, Godfather. So and he's the nicest guy. He's so kind. He's so great. So honest and just uh. Really, really cool hearing about their relationship and just he's the one that gave Taker his first tattoo. Talked him into it. <laughs> yes. So I mean, <laughs> would it be the biker taker we're about to talk about wouldn't be the biker taker without that tattoos, you know? And and old bear, old Godfather's the one that got him there, you know. So funny story there. Wow, we see some great pictures uh from the archives that they dig up on there, some great stories of the territories and Memphis and, and uh, yeah, Soul the, Taker and all that. Yeah, some of their first matches against each other, working each other stiff, and and uh, <laughs> yeah. their, uh, Godfather picking up uh, Undertaker for a body slam, and Undertaker not not being a fan of of that yeah. happening. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go out of your way to watch that. I also talk about that match that at the time stunned us when he's you know kind of redebuted his comma yeah. and he beats Taker clean with like a clothesline like. They talked about that on the Broken Skull Sessions, not in depth, but just he mentioned that match. And I was like, yeah, I know. That was ridiculous. It like, was. <laughs> it was quite a push for you. And we um, see some, he, some great images of, of him as what the uh, Papa Shango gimmick would have been. Yeah. You know, it, what it was supposed to be there, him coming back in 97. And, you know, yeah. what might have been with that. And then, of course, plenty of right to censor talk, which is always my favorite. So it's all good. <laughs> 
<laughs> and plenty and then, in Godfather talk, of course. Yeah. So we they talk about that clip of uh, Godfather trying to get Undertaker yeah. to uh, take take the old <laughs> to offer. Take the women. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff there. And then as of this recording, we haven't seen the. But when this drops, you will have seen the. Uh, Mick Foley broke his cold sessions. I can only imagine there'll be plenty of Taker talk on there. Oh, yeah. Especially regarding to Hell in a Cell and stuff. And uh, just him coming in. I mean, he came into the WWE to feud with Undertaker. So I'm sure he'll talk about that in, in uh, extensively. So that will be uh, 10 or 11 days ago by the time this drops. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Undertaker was on a Sports Illustrated podcast yeah. as well? Yeah, uh, I think it was just the interview in, the, just in like okay. on SI.com or something. I think it was Justin Barrasso, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he was just talking about uh, the current product kind of for a minute and just mentioned uh, how Roman Reigns is just fired on all cylinders. And he said, I wish I, wish I could – I had it in me to face him now just because Reigns – I'm – I'm not a WWE shill. I, I like all the wrestling, you know, but Reigns is the, in my opinion right now, the best character on TV, doing the best work out of anybody. Not saying in-ring work. People can work circles around him, but you cannot take your eyes off of Roman Reigns' match right now. He's so good. He's so nuanced. He's amazing. He's a pro wrestler, sports entertainer. He's doing it perfectly, and Taker just basically puts him over saying, like, this is the guy, like, I wish I had it in me to go back and do that now and, and, and do this. Cause it would do it justice now. Cause Reigns is just on another level and uh, it's so good. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to put that over too, because I wholeheartedly agree. I would love to see Taker face this Roman Reigns. It's not going to happen, uh, but it would be so sweet. Cause Reigns has got all the, pu- all the puzzle pieces in the right places nowadays. And they're not trying to shove him down our throat as the next John Cena. He's the first Roman Reigns and I love it. So you say it's not going to happen. You know, never say never, man. <laughs> never say it. never. We got uh, the live crowds are coming back soon. True. Uh, you know, the rumor mill is going crazy. <laughs> what uh, what Vince might pull out to try to get these crowds back into the arenas. I think we're going to see some big things. And uh, I hope, I'm crossing my fingers, whether or not it's a match or not, you know, I do hope we see Undertaker in front of a live crowd again uh, yeah, sooner rather than later, uh, whatever it may be. And uh, again, that's another reason why we're bringing this podcast back. We're, we're hoping that we do get to see The Undertaker back in front of crowds again, and we want to have this platform available for us to, to talk about it if it does happen. Yep, exactly. I think he'll be in front of a crowd. I don't think he'll wrestle, but I do think yeah. he'll be to get one, you know, just the the pop he's going to receive. Oh, my not, goodness. It's just it's going to be insane <laughs> i don't care if it's in poughkeepsie or where where it's going to be you know if it's in you know paducah kentucky it's going to be or if it's in msg it's going to be huge you yeah know, no matter where it is so but anyway and you know he doesn't have to he doesn't have to put on the hat and the gloves mm-hmm. and, and the trench coat and everything he can come out as as uh the, as the biker taker again he can come sure. out as mark calloway from the boneyard match uh yet again he can ride out on his motorcycle and he'll still get that that same pop, that same reaction. Yep. Yep. So anyway, but yeah, that's kind of the recent goings on with him. And since last time we talked, so yeah, I'm sure there'll be much more to come. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. And uh, that brings us in a uh, segue from uh, the biker taker in it to the original biker taker from 2002. Uh, that is our topic of conversation tonight. Again, 
uh, something that you, our listeners, our fans, our creatures of the night have talked about since day one of this podcast. Uh, we said we're not going to do a full episode on it because it's not a pay-per-view match. Right. Uh, but now that we've finished all the pay-per-view matches, you know, we can go ahead and, and go back and, and do a special episode acknowledging July 1st, 2002, Monday Night Raw for the Undisputed Championship, Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match just a it's still kind of crazy when you think about it uh even all these years later that a match like that even happened um man travis just when you think about that match when, when i say that match to you uh what are the things that that come to your mind what are the memories that come to mind oh i just rem- immediately remember just being knowing and we talked about it on our episode of vengeance but i mean i i, I knew jeff hardy wasn't gonna win because you just didn't see him giving that to him. But I had hope. And like and the hope spots got me. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. Said, well, maybe. Well, maybe. Like, Because, you know, a year before, he had beaten Triple H for the Intercontinental title and lost it like four days later. But he still won it. Like, if you win the title, you still win it. You're still a champion. Doesn't matter if it's for one night or a couple hours or what. You know, so like. I was as the match is going. I'm like, well, maybe they'll do that and just give it to him, and then take her win it back. But like, because like, it just didn't play the story for all of a sudden. It just upset the apple cart, and just all of a sudden, take her lose the title because there was so much going on. But like, I remember being bit and and like being like or abiding on all these false finishes and all this stuff, and just really being and even after the match, just just applauding Jeff Hardy and being like, dude, he just got taken to another level. Like he got that Undertaker stink on him, and it's not going to go away. Like he is. He's a main eventer, man. So, so 2002, you and I, uh, at, you, you mentioned a little bit, we, we were both 16 years old, both in high school. How big of a Hardy Boys fan were you in 2002? Oh, they were my favorite, man. I loved them. I mean, they're so good. They because And I identified with them. And I always thought, you know, you and I were going to pursue wrestling and we were going to be the Hardy Boys. I thought you were going to be more of the Matt-based, you know, brains of it. Matt guy and Matt Hardy and I was going to be Jeff Hardy kind of the more daredevilish just caution to the wind break your back do whatever it takes to get over like I thought we were going to be those guys you know because you always had the the mind and the brain for the stuff and I just didn't care when go out there and do whatever so like that's just kind of how I thought we were going to be you know we were going to be the next Hardy Boys so yeah yeah dude they absolutely they were they were at their uh I, I won't say their peak but I mean man they were as hot as anybody at this time, um, you know, it's hard to say they peak because they've had so many great runs, right. you know, since then. But man, just this original run of theirs from uh, uh, 99 uh, up to this point in 2002, you know, Jeff Hardy's, um, you know, he'll end up leaving the company in 2003 and, of course, have all of his struggles throughout his career. But golly, man, he was so hot, so uh, lovable, uh, such a fan favorite, such a great underdog to root for mm-hmm. during this time. He was so unique. I mean, I so take unique. tube socks and cut them and cut the holes in them and put them on our wrist and when we wrestled each other, like, it was just, yeah, he was a guy, like, that we we identified with, man. The, the face paint, the, the yeah. neon hair, the glow-in-the-dark, the just ridiculous dancing and everything, yeah. man. It was so, uh, so different and, and so cool to us. Oh, yeah stood out and uh yeah i love this guy so and again like i said knew wasn't gonna win but also didn't quite know as we're watching this match yeah there was enough believability you know Mm -hmm. it it was like uh back then you always 
thought and hoped and believed that maybe Jeff Hardy would be the next Shawn Michaels. And right. uh, I won't say his career quite went, you know, in that way, but of course he did end up becoming a world champion and did end up achieving that. Multiple like, times. Multiple yeah. times, yeah. But, um, you know, at this time he thought, maybe they're going to go for it uh, because it was uh, a bit of a crazy time in the WWE at this time here in July 2002. I want to talk about that real quick. Freshly we get into WWE. It. Yeah. That's part yeah. of it, man. Yeah. The WWE and, and the Raw brand in general were just kind of in flux at this time. Uh, listen to everything that was going on here within this month, uh, month or two around July 1st, 2002. So as you mentioned, the WWF behind the scenes, uh, had just become the WWE uh, in May of 2002. So they've just completely changed their name and their corporate branding and everything like that. Uh, they just had the original brand split uh, in April of 2002. So that's still relatively fresh, this complete change in direction of the company. Uh, not to mention, three weeks before this episode of Raw was the episode of Raw where Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out on the company because uh, he refused to do a job for Brock Lesnar on, on a, a, a random episode of Raw. Um, two weeks, um, or excuse me, one week ago was the infamous ruthless aggression speech mm. from Vince McMahon, kind of rebooting and resetting the company. Uh, two weeks from this night is when Eric Bischoff is going to come and debut out of nowhere on an episode of Raw. Uh, one week from this episode of Raw is when Kevin Nash tears his quad and yeah. the NWO angle just collapses in on itself. It just implodes. Um, and then just the, pre the previous Thursday before this episode of Raw was the episode of Raw where John Cena debuts. And uh, he has an infamous moment with The Undertaker. Uh, and so, you know, the future face of the company debuts uh, just a few days before this. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Uh, I yeah. think I said this back when we were doing this era of the podcast. It is, this is one of, I'll compare it to like 1997 and 2001 and just like behind the scenes crazy stuff. It's like every single week this whole the direction of the company is kind of changing. Mm -hmm. There's something big that goes on behind the scenes or on TV um, it, there is so much craziness going on. Yeah, it's nuts. It's a nutty time. I, mean, I can't imagine. You know, XFL collapsed. You know, they started it and it collapsed. They changed the name. Uh, Randy Orton would have debuted what in April? Right I think around it was. this time yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, right before that, and then you know, the end of the year, it's going to be uh, Shelton and Charlie Haas coming in, and Lesnar just debuted right after WrestleMania. So yeah, you got your whole new crop, new era of talent. They're rebuilding, you know, out with the old. Austin's gone away for, what, nine months, I think it is, eight months, nine months, comes back, and his run ends how it does. So, yeah, the whole company is just shifting and changing. But who's the constant? Who's the one guy right there smack dab in the middle? The Undertaker. And uh, he's feuding. And this was a time when, with the brand split, they're having the one undisputed title just kind of swap brands. And he go, He's the only one that travels between brands, basically. So he's feuding with... Kurt Angle and The Rock on SmackDown at this point, and uh, but also feuding with, I guess, kind of Jeff Hardy here on 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 Raw. So he's playing a lot of different uh, or wearing a lot of different hats, you know, if you will. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's the next thing on my notes right here, and it, it's that connective thread. Um, 
you know, amidst all the backstage chaos, Undertaker is the WWE champion here. He's the undisputed champion on screen. He's a guy Vince can look to uh, when all this insanity is going on as a guy he can trust, a guy who's not going anywhere, a guy who's reliable, that can carry the company. Um, and in the same vein, when all this chaos is going on, they're also trying to... This is a, this is a, a critical time for building new stars. There are so many... Uh, that's that's uh, one of the um, things that jumps out to you when you watch these episodes of Raw and SmackDown from this time is how many new stars mm-hmm. are being built during this time. Like you said, RVD, Brock Lesnar, uh, John Cena, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy. Um, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> somebody say something about nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Booker but, yeah. T. Booker T, Look, oh. new to WWE, you know, yeah, yeah. he's getting that that uh, initial push here in WWE. But man, this is like all of those guys. This is the year. This is the the summer or, or the season where all of these guys, um, Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers, they all debut or they're all sort of coming into their own during mm-hmm. this time. And every single one of those guys also ends up having fused with Undertaker. Undertaker yeah. is one of the guys who. Um, he may not have put them over as far as letting them beat him one, two, three, but he put them over in feuds and in rivalries and helped establish this, them whether or not they beat him or not. This match is a prime example of that. Exactly. So sometimes, so, you know, like I say this all the time on here, like Bully Ray says it on uh, Busted Open, like you can, you can go over or you can get over. And sometimes you can get over by not going over. Just because you lose doesn't mean you didn't get over. And this match is the proof's in the pudding in this match right here. So. Dude, I would say there is literally nobody better than The Undertaker at doing that, uh, at, at getting guys over um, without necessarily giving them a win. You know, yeah. People- I'd say, uh, aside from Rock Austin, WrestleMania 13, which is a different kind of story, aside Hart, from Austin. that. There's nobody. We consistently, Taker is the guy. Like you said, he's the one that you can have a match with him, lose, but still get over in so that many loss, times. You know, so, so many, many times. You know, yeah, all the RVD hardcore stuff is great, man. Maybe like, maybe like a Shelton. Ric Flair in the '80s was like that sure. same style. You know, as the champ, you know, he would he would let guys get him, you know, to the limit, push him mm-hmm. all the way to the limit, but but end up going over and help those guys establish them in the end. Um, so he would be the 80s version of that, but but Undertaker yeah. did that so many times. Yep. Yep. Because yeah, you can't throw Hogan in there because Hogan would just squash people. And that was right. that's not a political thing. That was his character. His character sure. wasn't built for that, you know, yeah. but yeah, um, Austin same thing. Austin didn't really have it wouldn't have it would have damaged his character to have let that happen, you know. But uh, yeah, Taker, yeah, probably Taker and Flair, man. That's, that's crazy. He Good had, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that credibility where he's able to do that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that here as we get to this match. Um, I want to talk real quick about uh, about the build up to this match for a moment, and then just talk about this episode of Raw that we're going to cover here uh, and some of the Zany. other things going on, dude. <laughs> dude. Well, first of all, uh, do you remember how this rivalry between Jeff Hardy and the Undertaker really kicked off? Would you believe it if I told you it happened because Jeff Hardy drop kicked Undertaker into a bucket of Tommy Dreamer's vomit? Yep. <laughs> now it's coming back to me. That's how we kicked off here. <laughs> 
Jeez. Jeff Hardy just drop kicked the Undertaker right into the puddle of Tommy Dreamers vomit. There you go. <laughs> That's the inciting incident. Yeah. That is. That was it, man. Yeah. That was it. Uh, it actually had gone on for a few weeks here on some episodes of Raw. Undertaker uh, had faced Matt Hardy a few times. Uh, Jeff Hardy had interfered in some of his matches. Undertaker had interfered in some of his matches. And then the week before this, on June 25th, 2002, uh, Undertaker actually faced Jeff Hardy that week on Raw. And Taker won pretty convincingly with a last ride powerbomb. But as Undertaker drove off and drove up the ramp, Jeff Hardy got on the mic and said he wasn't finished with him yet um, and challenged Undertaker to a match. Hey, Taker! Look at this! Taker! You've beat my ass time and time again. You just beat my ass right now. We're not done. What? We're not done at all. I want a match. I want a match next week for the WWE Undisputed Championship. Is he nuts? Jeff, think about this. He lost his mind. Well, but not just a regular match, Taker. Hey! Not a regular match. My way to beat you. My match to beat you. A ladder match. Wait a minute. Ladder match? Jeff challenges an Undertaker for a ladder match. For the title. The undisputed title. Yeah, man. So the, this episode of Raw, July 1st, 2002, man, it is, uh, again... The company is just in flux. Uh, it opens up with Brock Lesnar beating Ric Flair uh, in a big matchup. Again, Brock Lesnar was supposed to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin a few weeks before this, but Stone Cold had walked out on the company. So instead, a couple weeks later, Brock Lesnar is going to go over the legendary Ric Flair, and he's going to put him over. It's crazy. I remember this night. I, mean, I remember that match and just being like, whoa, this guy is just beat the crap out of Ric Flair. Like, he's legit, you know? And it's Even a good first... match. I, I watched oh, yeah. it back today. I was watching this episode of Rock. As young and green as Brock was, Flair led him through it, and it was great. And it did what it's exactly what it had to do. This is an instance of we're taking Flair to the limit and still getting, still going over him, and but still getting over too, you know? So, yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, I understand Austin's mentality for, you know, not wanting to do the job to Brock. Not about it's not yeah. about doing the job to him. It's about the fact that there is money on the table that oh, you are yeah. just throwing away by not having him build up. Because there's no competition. It's not like you're trying to get a you know pop a rating over Nitro. It's like let's build this up for a few weeks. So I get, you know, a lot of people give Austin crap. I do he did handle himself pretty poorly just leaving. But I mean, as far as his mentality behind Let's do something with this with this young kid, not just throw it away on Raw. I get that, man. Especially as a business man of, of his, you know, stature, I get it, dude. I totally get it. Absolutely, I think that's what he's always said. Like he he's always apologized for how he handled himself, but I mean, not necessarily for you know his the opinion. booking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. He, I his think opinion's valid. Yeah, yeah. it one hundred percent is. Yeah. Uh, I might have walked out if I was Molly Holly during this time in two thousand two because. This is during the storyline where uh, Trish Stratus is trying to prove that Molly Holly has a has a fat butt, uh, and then pulls something. down her pants yeah. and her <laughs> reveals her granny panties. Why do uh, I remember that? Why are, uh, it's not good. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler loses his mind on commentary. Yeah. Uh, we got Chris Nowinski defeating Bradshaw on this episode of Raw. 
Uh, and yep, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero returned. They faced the Dudley Boys. Um, we got Booker T and Goldust. Dudley Boys, you mean Bubba and Spike. Because Devon is about to become a preacher over on SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah. Please call my name. <laughs> call my name. But he'll bring in the Leviathan, Deacon Batista. How weird is that? How, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, and perhaps the other most memorable moment on this episode of Raw has got to be Booker T and Goldust doing the Darth Vader Star Wars that's just impression. That's on this episode of Raw. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Man, tell me you're not dressed like that. Man, put that thing away before you put somebody out with it. Who you supposed to be tonight? Booker, the force is strong with you. But you are not a Jedi yet. Look, man, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I ain't no Star Wars geek. I ain't never watched a movie and never will. <laughs> No, is this where he's on his knee and he, he pulls the lightsaber in? Yeah. But yeah. Can yeah. you do that, sucker? It's, it's so good. Oh, man. How they did that without dying, I don't know, man. I would have been laughing the whole time. So, oh, yeah. So good. He's yeah, the NWO, uh, I think on this night is when Sean teases that Triple H is going to come yeah. join the NWO with him and. They they kick Big Show out if I'm not mistaken, right? Literally kick him out with a super kick. Yeah, right before uh, this segment that we're getting into. Yeah, that's right, right before this. So, yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah, Sean just had just come back <laughs> I, again. Yeah, he had just come back, and the, clearly they had bigger plans for this whole NWO angle. And yeah. then next week, Kevin Nash dares his quad, and, and just an infamous moment. And again, oh, the plans just get ripped to shreds, just as much as his quad was. <laughs> exactly uh, good stuff man. so amidst all of that as we talked about the undertaker is the undisputed champion he is going back and forth between both brands here as the undisputed champion did during this time um his primary feud is going over on smackdown he's feuding with uh kurt angle and the rock it's going to lead to a classic triple threat match that um I'm not mistaken yeah it made both of our top 20 all-time yeah. matches for uh, The Undertaker's career that we covered a couple episodes ago. Um, very underrated match. I think people don't even, people sleep on it a little bit and don't talk mm -hmm. about it as much, but it's very, very good. Um, that's the primary feud because SmackDown's pay-per-view is coming up, so that's the big thing. So over here on Raw, um, it's a very interesting time. He, he's having you know these smaller feuds, helping to elevate uh, these younger guys, uh, which is kind of what they did during this initial first year or so of this brand split. And this feud with Jeff Hardy had been going on for a little while. Um, it, of course, never made it to pay-per-view, but it made it to this episode of Raw. Um, Jeff Hardy cuts a promo earlier in the night with Terry Runnels, uh, which is interesting because Jeff Hardy won with his brother Matt. Yeah. The, uh, the Terry Invitational Tournament. The TIT. Uh, and That's that right. was how they jumped the on the scene with that TIT ladder match. match. He's been in TLCs and TITs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh this is a classic promo i i remember this like almost by heart because he's backstage and terry says uh, you know you you're the underdog tonight jeff says i'm not the underdog 
and this is a ladder match and he screams yeah. at her and then he just runs off the screen he does parkour <laughs> off of this <laughs> scaffolding around there he goes nuts this isn't a regular match tonight i don't have to pin taker tonight i don't have to make the undertaker submit this is a ladder match a ladder match it's about this guy jr Take down the set. I'll take down the under. All I have to do, all that stands between me and the WWE Undisputed Championship is this ladder. And I've been in tons of ladder matches. Taker's been in none. So therefore, I am the next WWE champion. There's a saying here in the answer. Live free or die. I'm living for the moment. I'm not dying tonight. They uh, they do a nice little video package for Jeff Hardy later in the night, just yeah. highlighting some of his ladder match highlights. And uh, it's interesting, uh, JR on commentary says that Jeff Hardy has created more offense in a ladder match than any other man in history. Because uh, if you look at Jeff Hardy's history after this point, he hadn't really won a lot of ladder right. matches. He'd been in a lot of them. And uh, had made a lot of memorable moments, and it created a lot of offense, but it's not necessarily won a bunch of them. Yeah, that's like an honorable mention. <laughs> right, <laughs> created a lot. This guy has created more offense in a ladder match than anybody else. <laughs> AKA, he doesn't win them often. Nope. <laughs> I, I like the way he puts that. Yeah. And then uh, Undertaker later on the night, he has a promo talking about. Uh, again, he's talking to Terry. Well, before that, uh, he's talking oh, to Terry, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, Terry asks him about Kurt Angle, and uh, he says, um, I'm not going to be like Hulk Hogan. I'm not going to tap out to Kurt Angle. Um, I'm going to beat him, then I'll move yeah, on to The Rock. Uh, and Terry asks if, he, if he's concerned about facing Jeff Hardy tonight, and Taker says, But aren't you even concerned with your match tonight with Jeff Hardy? <laughs> You've never even been in a ladder match before. What's your point? Well, I'm just saying that. No, no, no. I think this interview's over. And then walk, <laughs> walks away from yeah. her. Uh, so he, yeah. he's kind of brushing this match aside and trying to act like he's not nervous about it. Um, yep. And then after that, he's going to be talking to Vince McMahon backstage, shadow boxing. Doing this the whole time. Well, Taker and Vince, our favorite sitcom characters. Oh, yeah. So don't worry about a thing tonight. Whether you're the champion or not, you've got what you want at Vengeance. You've got the rock. Feels that supposed to mean? It's not supposed to mean anything. No, whether I'm champion or not, what's that supposed to mean? Well, I just meant... Look, I got every confidence you'll be successful all this week. You're damn right you do. But let me tell you what. You got any self-doubt about me? And beating that little punk Jeff Hardy tonight, not only am I going to beat him, when I leave that ring tonight, he won't be able to stand up. And Taker's kind of like, what? Like, like he's upset that Vince is looking past this night, thinking he might lose title. And I think his match on Thursday for SmackDown, is it a title match against Angle or not? I don't remember if it's title. I don't call, yeah. But that leads to him, I think he loses that, or it's a weird, wonky finish, and that leads to the triple threat or whatever. But anyway, uh, so yeah. it's Yeah, uh, is that the one where, like, 
it's like a pin and a tap out, like yeah. kind of at the same time, but it's not really a tap yeah. out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah, something, so that's something what leads to that. the sets up the triple threat. So yeah, again, he's, he's busiest man in the company, man. He's going, he's having all these feuds at the same time. So it is a Ooh, crazy better. time. Yep. He, he is the focus of the company here. Uh, he's an incredible heel. We're going to talk about all that here. We got about uh, 21 minutes of match to talk about here, to talk about all that stuff here. So, yeah, this is going to be a watch-along for WWE Monday Night Raw Season 10, Episode 26, uh, from July 1st, 2002, on the Peacock Network. This is our first Peacock watch-along here on Talking Taker. I mean... uh, yeah, as far as us, you know, we're we're believers in God, and, and what better way to say that God is real than we got through our podcast before ever having yeah. to switch over to the Peacock Network? Because good <laughs> gracious, it is atrocious. Uh, but thankfully, they've got this episode of Raw uploaded. Um, you may, if you're going to watch it along with us, you may need to take a pause, get through some advertisements, and all yeah, that sort that's of stuff. A uh, and it's not quite as easy to find exactly where we're going to be, uh, but we will try to make it as easy as possible for you because we're just going to start it at one hour, 15 minutes, and zero, zero seconds. So um, yeah. it is not one of the chapter breaks on there like it used to be, uh, but you just, uh, you're going to kind of scroll over to the last uh, chapter section on there, then you're going to scroll a little bit further. Uh, one hour, fifteen minutes, even one hour, fifteen yeah, minutes. You should zero, have zero. a giant light in your eye, like an X, like the light yep. is reflecting as, a, as like an X. You got Two a of shot them. of the crowd um, in the bottom corner. There's a sign that says "The Dead Man Is Alive," uh, and you see a ladder sort of on the other uh, bottom corner of the screen there in the ring. So, take a pause for the cause. Get queued up. Uh, uh, get the ad break out of the way. There should not be any ad breaks in the middle of this match, so hopefully we will be able to get through it here with our watch along. If you're not able to watch it, if you're just in your car, you're in the gym, something like that, we're going to try to make it as entertaining and go through the action as much as possible, but we'd love for you to join along with us. And all that being said, Travis, for the first time in a long time, why don't you give us a countdown here? Yeah, we'll go 3, 2, 1, play, and we'll push play on play. So uh, everybody get ready. Get your peacock fingers ready. All right. And 3, 2, 1, play. All right. There it is. There's the title. Man, how do you feel about that version of the Undisputed WWE Championship? I liked that it wasn't two titles anymore. I didn't like that it was when they had the two came around, but... uh. I wasn't sad when they went away from this again. Jeff Hardy playing some air keyboard or piano or something. (laughs) Matt Hardy, yeah, big money. Matt giving him a handshake and a pep talk. I actually really, I really like that undisputed title. I'm a big fan of it here. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. Coming back, lead us back with a neck brace. I guess she just had surgery, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think this was quite when she broke her neck in the ring. That was a couple years later, uh, yeah. her and Trish in that yeah. match when she almost broke her neck. Bro. Here we go. You team leader or team Trish? I, why do I have to pick? <laughs> Jeff's going nuts. <laughs> Jeff's going Here we go. Take her you, out You got to pick, man. Who, who's your pick? Oh, probably take 
at the time, probably take Lita. Ooh, I'm Team Trish all day, every day. I mean, I wouldn't turn Lita down, but, uh, you know. Look at this guy, man. Riding out. Like Dead it's Man Inc. He's getting paid right now to ride out on his motorcycle <laughs> down the ring. Greatest gig ever, man. Yeah. And this is crazy. Like you mentioned, he's a, he's a heel. He's a heel champion. But he's also like, well, <laughs> a gamer guy just got ran over or something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, but he's also like giving props to John Cena after that match. And he's also like, well, we're going to see here. Um Gonna do something. Well, we just went away and came back. Came back. Commercial break. Right. But uh, we're back here in the Raw zone. Uh, but uh, he's also, you know, gonna do something at the end of this match that's not heelish. So, you know, he's uh, he's able to walk that line of the tweener because he can instantly just beat up Lita if he wants to and get his heel heat back, you know, so. Yeah, and uh, he's not... He's gonna turn babyface pretty shortly, shortly after that. Yeah. And I think this is slowly uh, building into that uh, as he continues to give that respect, and we see, <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, you just saw uh, Extreme T. Uh, <laughs> this guy. I mean, did you do that in the mirror when you were 16, like getting ready for school? Yes, yes of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at this guy. He's bouncing everywhere, man. He's just, this is awesome. I, I mean, the glow in the dark face paint is different every time he came out. I mean, it's just such a brilliant innovator man well and you know he started the face paint because sting was his favorite wrestler man he just he loved it oh look at that he's about to joke with, oh. oh taker don't like that jeff hardy jumping <laughs> take him out <laughs> yeah. choice words <laughs> under his breath Mother. yeah it's like you don't tug on superman's cape you don't spit in the wind you don't oh drop kick what a diversion hit it right taker right in the shin bone <laughs> Yeah. Taker was supposed to be a few inches ahead of himself. Oh! Oh, leaping over the top. Look at that, man. What a way to start a match right there. I mean, this Attitude Era style start right there, man, that's... Oh! Tearing oh. the head. Taker got his hands up, but that was still a stiff ski of a chair shot yeah. to him. I guess this match has officially started. I don't know. We're not listening well, to the audio. I mean, that's what you got to do. When you're Jeff Hardy and you weigh 180 pounds, <laughs> yeah. Taker's... 310, 320 or oh. something. <laughs> he said, not today. Oh, oh Jeff Hardy said, not today. Yeah. Jeff's got this. Uh, oh, oh. Clothesline from hell from Undertaker. Just knocked yeah. Jeff Hardy out. Look, I mean, these crowds on their feet, man. These guys are not well, sitting down because you've got uh, one of the just most over baby faces against, you know, an icon. A legend, I mean, take, yeah. Yeah, a legend. And Taker, I mean, it's only been 12 years he's been there, but he's been, like we said from episode one of Talking Taker, he's been in the main event since the day he walked out. Well, you, you know? say only 12 years, and that is, you know, nowadays 12 years is almost only, not that big yeah. a deal. Like Back then it was huge. Back then it was huge. He, nobody was mm -hmm. around for that long. That's why the decade of destruction uh, back a couple years before, that was such a big deal because that just didn't happen back then. Whereas nowadays, you know, the guys are there for 15, 20 years like it's nothing. Yeah, let's see. A decade of destruction. Well, was it 2021 now? So who debuted in 2011? I mean, this people that are still there. Sheamus has over I mean, a decade Sheamus, of destruction. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Miz, you know. Like, oh, yeah. But freaking Zack Ryder there was there years. for 15 years, you <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, guys like that. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Oh, man. Yeah, this crowd's I mean, they're just on their feet, dude. They just don't know what's going to happen. So I think Randy Turco has this shirt that Taker has on, if I'm not mistaken. It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. Here we go. About to lawn dart. Does Randy and, Turco have those pants that Jeff Hardy is wearing? Oh, I wanted them. That's for sure. <laughs> you uh, you wanted one of those fishnet shirts that the Hardy Boys I, used to wear. I did. You tried to get one on eBay. I, I did. We talk, I was listening to... Uh, oh! He's just cramming that on Taker's body. Uh, listening back to one of our episodes the other day. Ooh, oh! Ugly that hurts out. for Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Inner thigh meat just got whacked by the ladder. That's crazy. Oh, we talked. I think it was the Royal Rumble 2001. We talked about all the black jeans and then all the like the shirts, yeah. like Jeff Hardy shirt and stuff. And uh, we talked about how I wanted one of those. Never got one though. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what a great clash of styles this is, man! Like that established legend of Undertaker, and then this classic underdog, one of the most over baby faces of all time in Jeff Hardy. Yeah. That this match shouldn't work, but it because of their styles, but it does because of uh, their personalities and, and how established they are um, with the fans. Yeah. I mean, sometimes styles make matches, dude. Like, that's why That's why sometimes matches are good with two guys that you don't – sometimes it's like, oh, I want to put a, you know, uh, Kenny Omega and AJ Styles. That may not be as good as you think it is because they're yeah. too similar, yeah. you know. Uh, but you got guys like this, you know, that are – polar opposites and uh that's why it works so good because you have to think outside the box about what you're going to do you have to uh you, you have to use some psychology Undertaker, yeah, Jeff just took a splash onto the table yeah ladder shot to the face off the apron to the table and uh setting the ladder up trying to go home real quick man <laughs> look at this man the, the, this is the legend that we talk about devoted our podcast to like if you would have told me in 1990 when this guy debuts in the Survivor Series, that one day he's going to be in this thing called a ladder match 12 years later. You would just never believe something like mm -hmm. that. But he is this guy that has adapted with the times, that has changed his character, um, that is willing to to do these new matches, this new style, um, and is able to do it at, at a high level and is able to produce you know one of the best matches of this particular form. Oh man, just dropped him on the Folded table. It up. And yeah, you know, that was Taker's first time climbing a ladder, probably. I mean, this is his first ladder match. It's just crazy. Yeah, not his last. He's, nope. It is his first. He's going to have more. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, this the changing of the company and the established characters, how Taker was kind of the, he is the main guy. I mean, him and, him and Hunter, you know, because Sean's coming back from a four year hiatus. Austin is gone, and Rock had to kind of. He's about, he's about, about Hollywood back. now. Yeah. But he's going to come back oh, he has and come back. give the yeah, whole, get the back. F out. Austin took his ball and went home, yada, yada. But he's coming back to fill that void where Austin, you know, left. But he's also going to leave again, you know. And yeah, this is going to be his part-time gig, Yeah, you know. Look at this crowd. These are all adult humans <laughs> just standing up. I mean, they're, they're into this, dude. Not robots. Adult no, humans. I'm saying they're not like little kids. Like nowadays, you'll see nothing wrong with that. But like, it's just definitely still coming out of the attitude era where it was more of a little yeah. adult, adultish. You know, eighteen to forty-nine year old was the was the uh, you know still TV fourteen stuff. And they've got their handheld instant cameras, Kodak and digital instant cameras. cameras. Yeah. 
Yeah, sign of the times. Everybody's got a sign still because you. That's how you got trending. That's how you got noticed. Being, yeah, you didn't have to hashtag it and all that. You had you got noticed by your sign. You know, guy's a big fan of Lita with the Amy sign back there. Yeah, just Must like have you got the got the big word that she was coming back. Uh, Undertaker, um, you can't see Ooh. from this angle, but he has the infamous, uh, little hook yep. on his there pants that, yeah. uh, Randy Turco, uh, <laughs> always likes to talk about. And, uh, I don't know how to describe his shirt, Travis. Uh, it's like up here on the shoulders, on the sleeves. He's got it like taped. Like, do you, do you see what I'm talking about? Like, is it taped? I guess he's, yeah. Like, it's what like, is that? It, it's like sleeveless, but he bunched it up he bunched so it, it up here his arms yeah i don't know man that's strange that's an interesting show i don't think i've ever noticed that but you know it's weird he's just he's just wrestling in his own merch it's great dude. oh yeah head to toe <laughs> yeah dead man ink pants look at him he's like uh-uh ain't ain't over yet you know and that's part of the story this match is he could have won well he he could have crawled up right a minute ago but he's he wasn't done and look baby face getting his comeback right, blowing the comeback. Dude, look at this. Crowd is eating it up, man. He's making Jeff Hardy. Ooh, hope spot right there. And that that was a textbook hope spot right there. I mean, the baby face comes back, fires up, crowd gets into it, and then what does the heel do? Cuts him off because you're not done telling the story. This is beautiful, wonderful psychology. Yankees suck, go Boston, they say in the crowd. <laughs> I don't, I don't, where is this match at? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Must uh, be in New York. And you know, just the the performing that Undertaker does. He's he's like shaking his head in shock at Jeff Hardy yeah. every time. He's just like, boy, you should you should know better. You know, this is this is not going to go well for you. You need to stay down. Like uh, he just did it right there. He just shook yep. his head at him. That's part of what the storytelling is here. It's not just in the moves. No. It's not just in the shots with the ladder or the chair. It's in the facials. It's in the moments in between the moves. And nobody's better than that than The Undertaker. Nope. Oh, Dang. Big leg drop sandwiching Jeff Hardy in the Undertaker ladder. might regret that one. Taker just took a ladder up to quiche. Up the hiney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeff is dead. Oh, man. This is great. And yeah, there's not, this is not a lot of flashiness, not a lot of flashy moves, um, but it's great psychology. I was reading a review of this match just to get another opinion uh, and just revisit it. I didn't want to watch it again before we watched this. And uh, a guy uh, was talking about, he, he went back years later and, and rewatched it. Guy who we've used his stuff, Scott Keith, used his stuff before. He was like, this match is really not that great. It doesn't hold up. I'm like, bro, I respect Come your on. opinion, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not to respectfully disagree this match does hold up to me this is great i'm still loving this exactly man it's not about uh swan dons off the ladder and you know you know no flaming hammers and shining wizards and all that sort of stuff it's storytelling i mean i wouldn't mind a flaming hammer match though that's a <laughs> burning great. hammer what is it? What is it <laughs> shiny wizard match <laughs> Man, flaming you know wizard, sleeve of wizard. Recently. This, I mean, this is. <laughs> oh, Taker just crashed and burned into the ladder in the corner. Little young Jeff Hardy moved out the way, outsmarted the Wiley veteran there, got out the way. But Taker's on the offense again. He he's going to sell on the run. You've got to be on top of him. 
And that's one way to do wow. it. Wow. Whisper in the wind. So good. People standing up to get a picture afterward. It's so great. I love the time, like the sound of the times here, man. Yeah, People it's with so the disposable fun to look cameras. Back at that. And Jeff Hardy, dude, he, he, he knows when to bust those moves out. It's not yeah. just spot, 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 no. spot, spot. You know, him and like a Ram Mysterio are guys who, yeah, they do these incredible spots, but there's a reason for them. There's yeah. a, a time for them in the match. There's thought put into them. It's not mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, no selling, uh, pointless stuff. Right. I and mean, AJ Styles is phenomenal at that nowadays. Yeah, no him pun too. intended. Yeah. Ray is as well. Oh, look at the death. That's Valley. another spot. Yeah. Death Valley shot. And death, that'll look take at it. That down. Sell. The taker's selling it like, I mean, that legitimately hurts, those of you. Oh, this is about to be legitimately hurt, too. Oh! (laughs) Flip over the top rope, bouncing off Off the ladder, ladder, flipping on the taker, taking him down, almost. Taker's not quite there and is not quite up on the spots. (laughs) He's quite making his mark. But uh, Subway, eat fresh. Like, man... I love Hulk Hogan. I love The Rock. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Would any of those guys do a match like this? Nope. Nope. They didn't, and they and they wouldn't. They would not do a match like that. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle didn't do ladder matches. He Triple H. Uh, Triple H I guess he did one. one. Yeah, you know, back in but the that day. That was a different. That was those guys. That was a point in their career where they're doing anything to get on top. Right. You know. They weren't the established. The thing about twelve years, so that's like if if Rock was in two thousand and eight, doing this. Yeah. Twelve years into his career, I wouldn't see any. Well, there was no Rock in two thousand eight because <laughs> he was gone. Right. You know, that'd be like Austin. You know, if he was in WWE, you know, in well two thousand seven, but he wasn't. Oh, Ooh, Jeff a, Hardy reversal. Kind of wonky, you know, if you want to say it wasn't. You know, it wasn't crisp. It wasn't this. But, dude, this guy's exhausted. That's He's okay. Tired. That's it's right. It's not supposed to look like choreography. Climb the That's ladder, right. kid. Yeah. Make yourself call. famous. Yeah. Exactly. I don't remember if this is the call or if it's later on. But, that, yeah, that's an iconic sound clip that nobody anymore has. Um, but just JR adds so much to this match, making you believe in Jeff Hardy. And Taker just drags him off like he's this wimpy little brother, man. Just like throws him to the ground like a ragdoll. And this is selling. This is wonderful selling, man. Look, the crowd's still on their feet. These little kids in the front row are on their feet too, man. Like, it's just great. I love it. Oh, no. Last ride on the ladder. On the chair. We're going for it. On the chair. Jeff Hardy fighting out of it still. Tries for that Hurricane Rana. Oh, he grabs the chair on the way down and whacks Undertaker in the head with it. Look at again, look at this crowd. They look believe it. Dude. This could that be spot it. Had me, dude. Oh, Ooh. Undertaker oh. did not get his hands up for that chair shot. Look at the crowd. They can't believe it. They are. They, I think this is the call right here. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself. It's just so good. And, and you Jeff, and I, as sixteen-year-olds, we're watching this oh, live, thinking, "I'm freaking." There's no way Jeff Hardy can win, but. But what if, what if just for this one night, just for this one week, yeah, they make him chip. But no, Undertaker murders him, stabs him in the back with a chair. Booger red. I like how he just bounced off the ropes to get a little momentum to climb up the ladder yeah. there. <laughs> Veteran move right there. Yeah. 
Where is this raw at? I, I don't know which town this is in. Look, he's got his hand on the world title. Jeff just had his hand on the world title. Take her with a... Oh! Oh, chokeslam. Chokeslam. It's from uh, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay. Take her. Just grab the undisputed title. Gingerly climbs down. Big evil red devil. And he's playing... I mean, he looks exhausted, dude. He's... What that was... You can say that he kind of you know, had most of the offense, and he did. But he is selling it like he just got, you know, taken to the woodshed. You he know? got taken to the limit, just like Ric Flair yeah. used to do back in the day. He, he, he leaves with the belt, but he, pushed, Dude, he got pushed more. to the limit. Absolutely. I didn't know it was over already. That flew by so fast. Golly. I want about 20 more minutes. Yep, yep. What? Where's <laughs> puts the belt around his neck. Yeah. Takes Upside a look down. over his left shoulder. To see what his opponent is doing. He ain't happy. Going back in the ring. This is great storytelling right here, man. Jeff, the plucky underdog, trying to pull himself up. He says he's not finished yet. Taker's going back in. Like, again, like he's his little brother. It won't quit pestering him. And he's going to just put him down. You should stay down, kid. <clears throat> you should know better. <clears throat> Eats a last ride there. Taker's like, all right, shut up now. Kids, stay down. <laughs> he said, I told you. <laughs> Hurricane is the real next big thing. What a great sign. What a great sign. I have to agree. <laughs> Hurricane. I have to agree with that shirt right there. That lady is rocking that Hawaiian shirt. That little kid's got his Lilo and Stitch toy. <laughs> Taker's riding off in the sunset. Is he going to look over his shoulder? Yeah. You know it. But. What's he going to see? This is where Jess on the mic, we can't hear it, but his voice is squeaking. Take her! Take her! But you know what? That's selling the exhaustion of it, man. I love it. Taker's like, oh boy, you done done it now. I'm coming down there. I'm going to whip you into next Tuesday. Throws a ladder to the side. It bounces off the ropes. He <laughs> I mean, you, uh, Jeff Hardy selling is off the charts. It's man. a clinic, man. It's a clinic. Taker's going to go put him down, about to punch him in the face, but he's having second thoughts. This is. He respects him. Look at that. And that's Pats what this character is all about. It's about respect. We saw it with John hand. Cena, saw it with Randy Orton, saw it with a lot of guys during this time. It was all about respect. Um,. And what a great thing he's doing for this younger generation. Yep. And he's pointing at him like, you did it, kid. Like, you're one tough. Yeah, that's what he just said. You're one tough SOB. And that's all it took to make Jeff Hardy in this moment. Yep. It didn't, didn't take him winning the title. Nope. It just took that point from Undertaker. And Jeff, did you see he just looked at his fingers like, I had it. Like, he, I mean, he touched it with his hand. Like, yeah. He just looked at his fingers. Like, that little nuance is so good, man. There's just some good stuff here. This match... Again, it's not a five-star technical masterpiece, but it is five-star storytelling, in my opinion, man. This is perfect sports entertainment. Bingo. It had you as a fan on the edge of your seat, not knowing what the outcome was (laughs) going to be, believing in the impossible. 
That's what pro know. wrestling's supposed to be. We're going to watch next episode. It's coming up next. Let's do it, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. July 8th. with the NWO implode. I'd love to watch Kevin Nash tear his quad again. <laughs> I'm going to. It, nev- it never gets old. <laughs> man, I did not want that match to end, dude. That was stellar. I forgot that was the ending right there. I was hooked, man. Like, it's just, uh, like I said, it's been, shoot, it's been 19 years. And uh, I was just as much a fan as I was back then, man. This was an awesome match. It's still fun. Thank up. you for those of you suggesting it. Again, it took us three and a half years to get to it, but we wanted to finish, you know, what we committed to first before we could uh, take the chains off and do our thing. So, looking back, of course, our uh, top twenty list that we did on episode one hundred eighty-seven, our uh, series finale. It was all about the pay-per-view matches of the Undertaker's career. Do you think a match like this, uh, if you were able to rank this match amongst those top 20, would it crack the top 20? Without question. Without question. Yeah, if we'd have, if we'd have opened that up and just said, take her matches, this would absolutely have been on my top 20. Yeah. May yeah. have been. I mean, it would have cracked to 15 probably, maybe yeah. 10. I don't know, man. It's, uh, could be recency bias because we just got done. But this is one of my favorite taker matches of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we started this podcast, I was like, upset we're not going to do this match because I know how much I love this match, and you do. Like, it was like, we won't cover it in depth because we're doing pay-per-views, but like, man, I can't wait to get to that stuff and, and watch it again. So, yeah, this is one of my favorite Taker matches ever, man. So good. I have to agree with you. I, I think it does, without a doubt, crack the top 20 Undertaker matches of all time. Uh, the storytelling, uh, the drama, the memorability of it. Um just yeah, it's a great moment in time. Uh, perfect television match. Um, something you almost you had to be there, uh, experiencing it live. Uh, there was nothing like it at the time. So yeah, I think it for sure holds up. Yep, absolutely. Oh. Well, folks, we enjoyed doing this. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts about it, your memories of watching this match back live. Uh, do you think it still holds up here? Uh, nearly 20 years uh, to the day later from this match. What are your memories of this iconic, uh, probably the greatest televised uh, free TV, cable TV match of the Undertaker's career? You know where to find us, at Talking Taker. We haven't gone anywhere. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Talking Taker, on all of those pages. We'd love to hear your comments. We still love interacting with you. If you got more, take your news, take your conversations, uh, take your things to share. We are there for you, and we'd love to share those as well. Uh, of course, you can still support us by picking up a shirt at tpublic.com, searching for Talking Taker on there. All our designs are on there. The classic Talking Taker, Taker Easy shirt, the uh, I'm a Biker Taker guy, which fits with this match that we just mm-hmm. did, the Taker Care of Business, which fits with this match that we just did, all sorts of designs on there. Uh, throw a little, throw a few dollars our way and help support the show. Um uh, you can hear us in some other places as well. So since the last time we did this podcast, uh, Travis, you and I uh, were on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. I guess we talked about this on our Kane episode, uh, but I'll throw a plug up there. We did a watch along with Mike and JV for their 316-day special. We talked about the Highway to Hell SummerSlam 1998 match on their show. Uh, we always uh, we love those guys. We want to support them. 
We'll probably be back covering Taker and Austin, I hey, think, in 2002. So. I hope so. We, we might be yeah. back there soon in, in a yeah. few more weeks. I know that they're coming up on that soon. Of course, you can check out the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin as they near the end, approach the end of that here soon. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Collecting Dead Man and the Collecting Dead Man podcast. Uh, got to be on his show recently and talked about the uh, buried alive match with the undertaker and mankind on there of course he is kind of carrying on uh, the legacy of talking taker uh, in his own unique way talking about uh, different ways that he is building up his undertaker memorabilia collection and talking about favorite undertaker memories on there so go check him out he's on twitter at collect up dead and uh Travis, you are doing something. Uh, uh, well, you did do something Taker related here a few weeks ago. You you <laughs> had the live performance in concert <laughs> debut of, of our theme song of the your original Taker Easy uh, a couple weeks ago at Delta Blues Barbecue uh, live and in person, man. And uh, I hear you're going to be performing again here very soon. Yeah, it was no Schmidt's Family Barbecue, but it was Delta Blues Barbecue in Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, had the pleasure of having you and your wife drive up to come. That was fantastic. Lovely, lovely to have you guys there. And yeah, we had the uh, worldwide uh, debut of Take Her Easy live in concert. And uh, Brought the house down. Brought the house down. Like, a buddy at church here today goes, man, I recognize every one of your songs, but I don't know Take Her Easy. I was like, it's because it's not, I didn't write it. I mean, I wrote the lyrics, but it's it's an old Eagles song. But anyway, it was just kind of funny. So, yeah, if you haven't checked that out, check it out on Facebook. Uh, I know Alex did Facebook Live, so I called it out from the stage to make sure he did that and recorded it. So uh, it's on our social media. So check it out. It was fun. Probably the only time we'll do that, but it was a lot of fun to do. Um A lot of fun. Yeah, a whole lot of fun to do. And just be able to throw that in my set list uh, just to catch people off guard so well if you're in uh if you're in uh bristol tennessee here again soon uh, yeah end of july yeah what's the date july july 29th uh it's a thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m be there again so uh who knows might pull out take a reason you know you never know and as a time of this recording or this uh when this podcast drops it'll be almost july 4th hopefully i'll have some new music out as well i recorded uh i will have recorded two nights ago my newest project. What's so, the YouTube yeah. and Spotify and all that you, stuff? YouTube.com slash Travis White. And then you can just search me on Spotify and Amazon Music, Apple Music, Travis White. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be on there and have some new tunes coming soon. So check that out as well. So Go check uh, it out, folks. It doesn't cost a thing. Nope. Just uh, give a few spins to Travis White's music on there, perspective, reflection, uh, the Windrush sessions. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, this will be man. volume two. Yeah. Two more sessions will be on there soon. So, anyway, yeah, good time. And again, happy Fourth of July to those of you in America listening. It'll be that that weekend when this drops. So, happy Independence Day. Enjoy some time. Uh, enjoy some time with your family. Celebrate Independence Day, and uh, you know, and may have a ladder match with your little brother in the in the, in the pool or something. So, <laughs> take that, him to the woodshed. Like we said at the beginning here, folks, uh, this is not the end. This is sort of a new beginning for us. Um, so. Um, we're not going to say, okay, it's going to be on the last Friday of the month. Or it's going right. to be on the 30th or the 31st. Uh, but we are committing. We're going we're, we're to bring in a new episode every single month of Talking Takers. So it may coincide with a special anniversary or it may just pop up. So be sure to keep subscribed uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, 
uh, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen out there, and you just never know when one of these might come your way. And we are open to suggestions. If there are matches you want us to watch along, if there's people you want us to interview, if there's conversations and topics and other things that you want us to talk about, please hit us up on social media, uh, leave a rating and leave a review, uh, and we want to hear from you. We want to give you the content that you want, uh, but we are going to be around uh, here uh, here to stay for a little while with Talking Taker, so be on the lookout. You never know when we're going to show up. Yeah, it's a great American rock band once said, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end, mm-hmm. so, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, anyway, it is closing time, Travis. So it is closing time. Why don't oh, you wrap it another up? Another Taker sighting. Uh, on my favorite comedian, Nate. Oh Bernazzi, yeah, you got to talk about uh, that. Did a professional wrestling. Po- I, I highly recommend the Nate Lynn podcast. It's just stupid about nothing. But anyway, they did a podcast about professional wrestling, just talking about it. And you can tell those guys were fans back in the day. But Nate shares a story how he went to the dentist, and the uh, in, in in Nashville a couple months ago, and the Undertaker comes in like as the dentist like to prank him and it was just like he looks up and there's the undertaker so he has some pictures with him and uh it's really funny just kind of it was so random. it was my favorite comedian my favorite podcast mixed with undertaker so i sent him an email and tried to put over talking taker they didn't talk about the podcast but you know i got an email back to him saying thanks for my input and everything but anyway um yeah so it was a really cool clash of uh, my, my world basically uh, coming in to one uh one entertaining uh, scene there but yeah really cool and yeah other than that ladies and gentlemen uh, we'll see you next month have a wonderful month and uh, yeah give us some ideas like you like you like you already said and we'll see you then and uh, stay safe out there and as always what's that saying it's been a while oh yeah I take her easy